It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Go Birds pod. Just an Elliot solo pod today, not a WIP hit, nothing like that. This is just me. Uh, James is off enjoying some well-deserved vacation, enjoying times with friends. So he is not available to do a pod right now. But I've since done since the game ended, I've done two hits on WIP, and you should definitely check them out. But I feel like I haven't gotten a chance to fully express all of my thoughts on the quarterback position in either of those hits. So as I sit uh, in my basement, bright and early on Friday morning after a late night last night, I probably am like most of you. I can't stop thinking about Marcus Mariota and Tanner McKee, their play from last night, the fallout from that play, what decisions to make, what they should do at the backup quarterback spot. So I'm excited to do Go Birds Radio on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to talking to all you guys about what you think about it. But I had to get these thoughts off my chest. So uh, here I sit with a ESP solo pod to talk about the Tanner McKee game. I mean, frankly, it felt like the first preseason game was going to be remembered as the Tanner McKee game. And it feels like this one will as well. So let's dive right into it. I think it's important to start with Tanner McKee instead of Marcus Mariota. Because I think last night, frankly, the bigger takeaway for me was I really think they have something in Tanner McKee. I, I like From what I saw in the first preseason game to what I saw last night to what I'm starting to see more of in training camp, I think the biggest takeaway is, and not, while I know the backup quarterback position this year is very important, and we'll talk about that, I think the biggest takeaway is they really found something in Tanner McKee that I think, A, like he could potentially turn into a starter somewhere, but I definitely think they found what will be an extremely high-quality backup in McKee. 
Here's why I really like what they found in McKee. First, if you've listened to me, if you followed me on Twitter, you know I'm big into the franchise swag, like how a quarterback carries himself. Tanner McKee, to me, has an it factor. He steps to the podium last night. Shout out to Bo, Bo Wolf from The Athletic. Asked a great question. Said, Tanner, what, you know, what's the story behind that shirt? And uh, Tanner McKee says, it's a shirt I've had since high school. I wear it to remind myself how lucky I am to play in the NFL. But beyond just that, and that's a super cool story, but beyond just that, Tanner McKee to me, at the podium, the times we've spoken to him all you know, off the field, just really seems very, very confident in himself. And he's not like franchise swaggy in the way that Jalen Hurts is, right? Like Jalen Hurts is, is a Jordan athlete. Jalen Hurts also very confident in himself. Jalen Hurts is a natural born leader. Like, very cool, right? I, like I tweeted, I think he's probably the coolest athlete I've covered on my time with the Eagles. He's not that. But what he is to me is he has the same type of vibe as Nick Foles, where Nick Foles used to roll up to the podium wearing those ridiculous shoes where like each toe goes in their own little thing and they're like socks with toes or whatever. He would, you know, have on glass. Like he would just, he was so confident in his own skin. He would just do like whatever he wanted and he didn't seem to care what people thought about it. And I get that same thing from Tanner McKee. Like he steps to the podium last night. He's just like, uh, he's a rookie and he just steps there and he's like talking about, you know, like formations and things he can do better. And he's smiling, he's cracking jokes. Like he really, to me, it doesn't feel like the moment currently is too big for him. So many rookies, like, like, like you know, Jalen Carter, other rookies, like they're nervous at the podium. I, I do not see that from Tanner McKee. So I think that's right off the bat, personality wise, if James was here, he would say it. Quarterback is a shoulder up position. It's your personality. It's your ability to process. It's your, your leadership. Tanner McKee to me feels like he has the makings of an it factor where just as a leader and a person, he's very impressive. So on the field, uh, that's off the field. On the field, you saw last night why you why fans and the Eagles should be really excited about him. Comes in after watching Mariota for the first half, not really get much done. First throw, boom, like 15-yard completion right on the money to his receiver. Much like last week when he came in and his first throw was a money throw right down the sideline. Nick Sirianni talked about it after the game, but I think why you're seeing McKee be so effective in his in his throwing and his, his ability to move the team through the air is yes, he's facing vanilla defenses right now, but he is very confident with what he's seeing. And I think his ability to process, it's something you heard about him coming out of college, uh, that he did have a very smart and sharp football IQ, much like Jalen Hurts does now. Like one of the underrated parts of Hurts' game is he is very, very smart before the snap. It's why he doesn't put the ball in harm's way very often, frankly, if, if at all, over a full season. I think McKee has some of those qualities as well. Now, when he faces a more complex NFL defense, that's going to be tougher. But for a six-round rookie in his second preseason game, I think he's doing an excellent job diagnosing what he's seeing and making decisions off of that. After that, I think he is just, he throws a really nice football. Like, it's just kind of that simple. Like, with Jalen Hurts, when he was coming out of Oklahoma and during his time at Alabama, yes, he had to improve as a passer, as does McKee. But Hurts... All, for all of his like mechanical issues he had to work on and all those things, he always threw like a very soft, catchable ball. I don't think it's coincidence that when, when Carson was here, 
there were a lot of dropped passes. With Jalen, granted the receivers are better, absolutely. But Jalen, there just aren't. Like Carson put had no touch, right? Like he just like slinged it right at the receiver. I think Hertz does a good job of throwing a catchable ball. Tanner McKee, I get that same vibe of A, he puts it in a good spot, but also it seems like there's nice touch on it. Like it's not a slow ball, but it almost looks like it kind of floats through the air to the receiver and makes it very easy for the receiver to make a play on the ball. So I think from the pocket with a good offensive line, Tanner McKee is not that far away, especially if the coach could game plan for him because they're not game planning for these preseason games. Tanner McKee is not that far away from being able to sit back and like distri- distribute the ball and throw catchable balls to, to the Eagles uh, receivers if he were to go in. So that is, I think, a major positive for him. As an athlete and as like a scrambler, he needs to get better at maneuvering the pocket. He's never going to be somebody that rushes for 120 yards in a game. I don't know how effective he'll, he will be as an RPO threat, but I think that he does have to get better at maneuvering the pocket, stepping up, like just being better in the pocket. He's not a complete statue back there. He can move a little bit. You saw it in the Baltimore game. He, he does have some ability to move, but right now, from a running standpoint, I'm more concerned about his ability to maneuver the pocket than I am the idea that he could turn into a long-term runner. But in the NFL, if you're very confident, if you're smart with what you see and you can make all the throws, which I think he can, you're going to be a successful quarterback. Like, yes, I think running is a very important skill in today's NFL, but Tanner McKee as a top backup, which is what he will be, he's under contract for the next four years. Like he can be an elite backup with the skill sets he already has now. So sufficient, just making this clear off the top. I'm very in on Tanner McKee. I think he's awesome. I really think they found something. Shout out to the quarterback factory. Shout out to Howie Roseman. Again, this was a guy in McKee that was used as a first round pick at one point in his career. So it's not crazy to think that he, he has the upside to be something special. Now let's talk about Marcus Mariota and how that relates to Tanner McKee. So Marcus Mariota, another really poor game last night. I think what's mostly concerning about Mariota is not the lack of production. Obviously, you want to see better production. The, the, it's the preseason, right? Like, it doesn't really matter if you score 28 points in the first half. What you want to see from Mariota is just, you, A, I think it's fair to say you want him to look better than other players on the field. He's been in the NFL for a long time. He's won playoff games. Those other players on the field are not that. And that's another thing about McKee. The second McKee steps on the field, he looks like like he just stands out. Like the, the ball moves better. The ball is thrown better. The team looks better. That matters. With Mariota, you don't get the sense he looks way better than the other guys around him. So that's one concerning thing with Mariota. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The other concerning thing is that we've seen bad preseason play uh, from Eagles quarterbacks. Sometimes what it is is the guys around them are just not that good. And I think that was an issue at times in training camp with Marcus Mariota when they had Brett Toth as the center and he was unable to do uh, shotgun snaps. 
But it, to me, that doesn't look like the problem. Like, yes, there's been times he's been under pressure. He's not playing with, you know, the team's best receivers. But I think the main issue is he just has been inaccurate. And that doesn't really have to do much with the players around him. I know once he's more comfortable, maybe he feels better with his offensive line. Maybe you're not rushing things. Like, yes, there are ways accuracy could improve. But his he sails balls consistently. Like, and you saw everyone saw it last night. And in training camp, he does the exact same thing. So that's very concerning just from an accuracy standpoint. Like, I get the point that he could carry this team maybe for two games strictly because he's so good as a runner. They could do RPO stuff. They could run the ball with their running backs. They could game plan around him. Like, I get that his physical tools as a runner is a real asset in a, in a short span. But ultimately, this team did not take the step they did last year because Jalen can run the ball. They took the step they did last year because Jalen became an elite passer of the ball. It's hard to have an elite passer as a backup quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Like not, not many teams have someone they go to that, that can look really good. That It's just the reality of the quarterback position in the NFL. But it does not look to me like Marcus Mariota has the consistent accuracy to, to lead a good passing offense. So let's say, God forbid, knock on wood, all those things. If Jalen were to go down for, for three weeks or you know, super God forbid, like the whole season. At that point, yes, they would be game planning for Marcus Mariota. Like they would they would build the offense around him. They would run plays he likes to run. They would build an offense that better suits his skill set. And I think they have a history of doing that. Like they did it with Hertz, obviously. They deserve credit for helping to build an offense and to develop him to make him the player he is now. Uh Gardner Minshew started three times, two times. The offense was very successful. I think that that means something. And I think that Sirianni is a really good coach. And I think that he would build something specific to Mariota. The issue is you cannot build around in an accurate quarterback. Like you can come up with ways to do it and like try to smoke and mirrors it. But ultimately to run an offense that is AJ Brown, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and like be what the offense can be. You have to be consistently accurate. You just have to be. And so not to mention Mariota is going to turn the ball over something that hurts Hurts doesn't do barely ever. So that's my main concern with Mariota as the backup is that I just don't see him stringing together a game where he goes like 22 of 28 or, or whatever, like where he's consistently getting the ball in the right place. That That's my major concern with Mariota. It's not so much of how ugly it's looked. It's the missed throws that should be completed for someone that A, has been in the league this long, but also just for an NFL quarterback that he should be making. So that's my Mariota concern. So what do they do moving forward? I understand the whole Marcus Mariota can't be the number two, make Tanner McKee the two. Let's attack that from two ways. One, Tanner McKee, I don't think it is fair to make him the backup quarterback right now. Not fair to him, not fair to his development, not fair to the team. Tanner McKee has everything you want to see right now. Super excited about his future. If he is the backup quarterback, there is a chance that come December in that 49, which would be ironic, in that 49ers game, like potentially big game, most anticipated game of the year, all those things, that's his first NFL action. Or if they're in the playoffs and they're in the, you know, the conference finals or the, you know, the, the divisional round, that could be his first uh, NFL action. And I know at that point he would have more time to develop behind the scenes, but let's even take Thursday night football, week two. Is that really the first time you want Tanner McKee going in? So my point is, this is an Eagles team that is expected to play, and to shout out to James, high leverage, baseball term, no big deal, 
high leverage games this year, like high leverage spots. This is not a team like the Houston Texans that can just say, well, none of our games are going to matter this year, so we can just play a rookie quarterback. There is a different skill set between being an extremely successful NFL quarterback and being a quarterback that can come in, drop of a dime, third quarter, big game, and be successful. Like Nick Foles was good at that. We saw that during his time here. I don't know, A, if Tanner McKee can do it, but I also know in a year where they're supposed to win the Super Bowl, I don't think they should find out. Like, obviously, McKee's going to make the roster. Obviously, as a number three quarterback, like, okay, yeah, like you feel good about him there because at that point, he's just more talented than most number three quarterbacks. But I don't know if they can go into the year with Tanner McKee as their primary backup on game day where he goes in if Hurts gets hurt. Again, he's special, all those things. I think he has the good personality, so maybe he could do it. Like, maybe. It just seems too risky with all the talent on this team and all the expectations to expect a six-round rookie to come in and do it. I I could be wrong. I think he's great. I just, I would want a better safety net around him. Now, what you could do is, if A, if you stick with Mariota, or let's say they find another quarterback, you could make it where Tanner McKee if it's like a month, Tanner McKee goes in. But on on game day, like on the big game days, when they're in Dallas, when they're playing Buffalo, when they're at Seattle, on those games, you have another quarterback active and dressed on the roster that can go in in that spot. Because I just think it's important to have somebody that in these big moments like has experienced life in NFL football. I just think that is a quality that they need. Marcus Mariota does have that. Like he's played in playoff games. He's won playoff games. He might not be good, but he at least has that experience. So obviously McKee is going to make the roster. And obviously I think he has a ton of upside. I'm not really sure if that should relate to the Marcus Mariota decision. I view those almost as two separate things. The Eagles need three things on their quarterback. They A, obviously Jalen. B, like Tanner McKee, because he has upside and you're keeping him. But then the real role of the backup is to be ready to play in these high leverage spots and be ready to step in on a Super Bowl contender. I just don't think McKee can be expected to do that. He could do it and he could shock everybody. And I'm not saying it would be impossible. Like this isn't going to be a Elliot was wrong. McKee can't do it. I just don't know if it's worth asking him to do it at this point in his career. So with Mariota, then it's like, well, what do you do? So he has a $5 million fully guaranteed contract. I do not believe that should be enough to make him keep the job. Obviously, it shows that they they value him because they gave him that money. But you could argue the backup quarterback spot is more important than some of the starting spots on offense. Like the backup quarterback has dictated seasons for this for this Eagles franchise in the past. Obviously, the Super Bowl and then the year after, of course. And there's been seasons where it's tanked it. Like when the back backup has come in, like not Jeff Garcia, obviously, because he was good, but Vince Young comes in and is awful. Like there have been times where it's been the negative. So you can't let $5 million on a cap that's like $220 million dictate that decision. The issue is it's going to be really hard to find another quarterback. Like you look at the free agents. I don't think anyone out there believes Carson Wentz is going to come in. Um, Nick Foles is an interesting one. Like, He has a similar game to Tanner McKee. I think there's something to be said about the fact that if you do lose Hurts, just to go with someone you think can run the offense as a passer as opposed to someone that can throw the ball. So there is that when it comes to Nick Foles. I also think in in a McKee sense, Foles would be a good person to have around him. Like They just remind me of each other personally, and I think that they're going to have to be 
Like McKee's gonna have to be successful in the NFL the way Foles had his success. So I think it's it's good to have around him. From Jalen's perspective, I think Nick would be good good to go in the room. But like then hire Nick as a coach. I just don't know if on the field Nick can do it anymore. So maybe you bring Nick in and you see what he has, and then you decide at that point. But other than that, like there's Cam Newton, who clearly the end of his time in the NFL did not go well. Like as a player, he he was very bad. Um, you know, I don't think Tom Brady's coming out of retirement to to be the backup quarterback. So they're just they're not a lot of options among the free agents. Matt Ryan, I think, is a somewhat interesting name. They from what I understand, they like they like Matt Ryan and they had interest in him as a backup um in past years. So I do think there could be interest there if Matt he's from Philly, you know, obviously like I think he's the guy that would come in and play in certain spots. Did play last year, not great, but he at least has been active. So Matt Ryan's an interesting one. Philip Rivers, there was talks of with Philip Rivers coming back and playing for the Niners in the Super Bowl had they beaten the Eagles. So I don't know if he viewed that as like a two-week thing, but and if he would have interest for a full year, but he does have a relationship with Sirianni. Outside of that, then you're looking at guys that are A, being cut, so you're not really feeling great about them because they're being cut, but also like teams aren't going to trade you good quarterbacks unless you really overpay for them. So it's going to be hard to find. It's not impossible because Marriott is playing at a poor level, but there are not a ton of great options out there to 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 replace Mariota. So I I love a good quarterback, you know, controversy. It's fun. It's fun for the fans to an extent, although it can be painful to watch. But like I still think right now as I sit here Friday morning, just excited to talk about it and share all my thoughts on it. They're probably best just sticking with Mariota now, keeping one eye very open on other options, and then knowing that they have someone in McKee that might just be special. And then you figure that out. But I just I think it's gonna be hard to find a better Mariota replacement. I still think that with this coaching staff, he'll be better if he goes into games. And then next year, or like you know, a month or six weeks into the season, maybe McKee, you you really feel like he's processing what he's seeing well at practice and you feel better about them. So there will be other things to get into from this game. I will save the N'Kobe Dean stuff for James when he gets here. I'm sure he'll be very excited to talk about it, as he should be. That's exactly what he wanted to see from someone in N'Kobe that obviously I never doubted, and I've always supported since he's a Players Lounge uh, co-host of mine. So obviously, we will talk about that. There's Trey Sermon. There's offensive line stuff, receiver stuff, uh, unfortunately injuries to talk about. So we will get into all of that at Go Birds Radio on Saturday. But I simply couldn't wait any longer to talk about this situation. I wanted to share my thoughts on it. And uh, I'm excited to hear from you guys about it on Go Birds Radio on Saturday. So um, that, that'll that be it for this uh, ESP solo pod. Thank you to everybody that's listened to me ramble on for 20 minutes about this situation. Um, can't wait to talk to you guys on Saturday. And as we always say, he's Elliot. I'm James. I'll talk to you guys next time.